Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard Toy Podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian. Well, it's finally here. We told you we were going to start running a new campaign, and this is episode one of our Dragon's Demand campaign. And let me tell you, it is a beautiful, beautiful scenario. Can't wait to really get balls deep into this thing. But before we begin, I want to want to take a moment, if you'll indulge me. A few years back, actually probably much longer than a few years back, probably like 15 years ago, I bought the Indiana Jones DVD compilation set and had Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Temple of Doom, and The Last Crusade, another bonus disc, whatever. But it was on that bonus disc that I was watching uh, Steven Spielberg basically talking about the different movies. And I'm going to kind of paraphrase it here, but he was saying that when he filmed the last crusade that it was like in a like an apology letter to the fans for Temple of Doom. He said he really didn't have a good time filming it. It was one of his least favorite movies to do and that the only good thing to come out of that movie was to meet his future wife Kate Capshaw. Well, as I look back on uh, our hidden shrine debacle and, and what a what a meat grinder that was. It really wasn't that fun for me to run a campaign with nothing but combat. I mean, there very, very little role-playing, and any role-playing that we interjected was based solely on the part of what great role-players we have. And I would have to say that the only good thing to come out of that campaign was reconnecting with my very good childhood friend that I hadn't spoke to in many years, Chris Weaver, who's now part of the show and a fellow hardslinger to boot. So, if, if, if there's anything to take away from the Hidden Shrine. Uh, I'm glad we did it. Glad we ended it when we did end it. Uh, it's that I was able to reconnect with somebody who's who's a really good friend of mine. And it looks like the other hard slingers are, you know, everybody's doing the butt sniff, checking everybody out, and everybody's good to go. We're all having a great time, and I really like that. And so moving forward, I just want to kind of put that out there because it was kind of important to me, and uh, half the time I like to tell you what's important to me and what's important to you, which reminds me, don't forget right into the show. Ask us anything you need. We're at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com. Check out the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. You can check out all of our social media footprints. we got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have our YouTube channel, RollTheHard20. Head on over there, subscribe. Tell us what you think of the videos. Anytime we're running something via the internet, which is basically everything now, you see our beautiful faces in this panel of Brady Bunch-esque type compilation. So make sure you check those out too. Remember, leave us a, a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to the show on. All those analytics really go a long way in, in helping us be seen by everybody else. So when you search for us on Google or someplace or Safari, and we populate and we make it a little higher up on the stack and that's that's really what we're trying to do we're trying to get our faces out there you think after two years we would have our faces out there but apparently we don't anywho i think that about wraps it up right anything left oh well maybe we should uh, warm up our dice and top off our glass as roll the hard 20 podcast presents episode one of our dragon's demand run through and i really haven't thought of a name of this one yet so uh yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that, and I'll type it in on the back end. Thank you guys for listening, and like I said, please write into the show. are being recorded <gasps> bum, bum, bum. greetings fellow slingers welcome back to roll the hard 20 podcast it is i your trusted dungeon master brian and with me the hard slingers yeah Woo, that's right bitches and what we're doing tonight we are finally running for the first time our new season six campaign the dragon's demand are you boys ready oh, ready yeah. as i can all right let's tear this shit a new one not to be confused with any other type of shit we're not doing. We open on a caravan, three wagons. Even from a distance, these wagons look beat to hell. When each of you took the job of caravan guard, 
escorting Silas Gribb into Taldor, it almost seemed like every other story you ever heard. Something that would be exciting yet wind up being boring under the daily grind of monotony. Unlucky for you, that was not how it transpired. Your caravan started out with 10 guards, a large number for just four wagons. And although Silas never told you what he was transporting, it must have been very valuable because by the end of the second day of your eight-day journey, two of your fellow guards had fallen to a bandit attack. The third day saw another man fall, victim to a tribe of marauding feral orcs. Still alive, he screamed hysterically when they gutterly told him what they were going to do to him. You could only imagine. And his screams haunted you through the long, cold night and into the morning. The night of the fourth day, two of your fellow guards absconded, leaving one... Who is this individual? Stabi. Leaving... (laughs) leaving Stabi to overhear them say that they were not going to stay for one piece of gold and that no amount of coin was worth dying over. However, the morning of the fifth day, you came across both their corpses bisected and bled out. And whoever had done this had the macabre sense of humor to switch both of their heads between their torsos. The attack on the sixth day left you down another man and cost you one of your wagons. You could still see Silas contemplating if the remaining four of you were capable enough to help him deliver his goods to Belhaim, your destination deep within Taldor. But by the seventh day, you were left unmolested, as did the night, but not the morning of the eighth day. With the sight of Belhaim just in the distance, under the fog, you see Bandits begin to leap out of their craggy hide holes as they raise their rusted and well-worn short swords, screaming how they intend to take this caravan and it will be theirs by the end of the afternoon. Silas, looking at you four, shouts out a, an audible curse and says, You dogs better save this caravan if you want your gold at the end of the trail. He pulls out his own sword and let's roll some initiative. We might need to renegotiate our cost here. You're not negotiating, shit, dog. I want more money. Griswold. Thanks. Sirkin. The hard 20. Oh, the hard 20. The first hard 20 of season six. Sirkin, you're a badass. Stabi, what do you got for me? 18. 18, Flint. Flint hard shaft. What, 10? 10. Isn't that his name Flint Hardshaft or some some wonky (laughs) shit like that? Hardstrike. Whatever. (laughs) You know what's on your mind. Oh, that's all day long. And it's an excellent. Sirkin, as you see these bandits jump up out of the ground, out of their little hidey holes, covered with these woven mats, swords ablazing. What are you going to do to protect this caravan that you've been hired to defend? I'm going to pull out both my short swords and I'm going to try to attack the bayonet that's closest to me. Yeah, you see him standing before you, screaming. <laughs> that's exactly what he starts doing. He starts howling at you in this, this guttural howl. Give me the bandit, give me the dog, give me the caravan. Okay, and then I attempt to strike him. Okay, give it to me. Eleven. That's gonna hit. It's gonna hit. Yeah, it's gonna hit. Eight points of damage. All right. And then I'll use my bonus attack. The other short sword. Uh, Fourteen. That's gonna hit as well. Or five points of damage. Five points. Describe to me how you fend off this vile attacker and lay him to rest. So the first attack, the short sword, I stab him right in the shoulder, kind of like push him back. Beat him back. On the other hand, just whop off his head, just right at the neck. Showing these guys 
that you mean business. There's a reason why you four are the remaining ones. Stabby, you see Silas standing at the head of, on the platform of the lead wagon, directing, attack, attack, you got to defend me. What are you gonna do, Stabby? Uh, I'm going attack. to I'm going to attack the <laughs> bandit uh, that's closest to Silas. All right. Uh, come on. I'm waiting. Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one will hit. All right. Let's roll some damage. Seven piercing damage. Seven. Seven. He takes this. And still going strong. Is that your only attack? Uh, it is. He looks at you with his short sword in hand and swings it down on you. 16. That hits. For four points of damage. Okay. The other one crosses the distance towards you, Griswold, raising his sword as well. 11. 11 will miss. Will miss as he feebly tries to attack, his mind already racing with the carnage that, that developed and it's something he did not expect. The fourth one that's still remaining goes after Flint Hardcock with a natural one. <laughs> right. Let me make that deck safe. And you see his sword go flying to the northeast, 30 feet away from him, burying itself in the sand. He looks at you in shock and doesn't quite know what to do. But tell me what you're going to do, Flint Hardcock, Hard Strike. Never attack a holy man. And with the shield and mace in hand, I'm going to attack. Come on, that's going to hit. 21 to hit? 21 will hit. Yes. And that's going to do five points of damage. Five. He reels back, shocked by the damage that's going on. Griswold, what would you like to do with the one that just attacked at you? All right. Uh, Since this guy is in melee range. Yep, he's right up in front of you. Yeah, I'm going to use Orn Whip to make a vine-like whip. Uh, from the thorns and slash at him with it. All right, give it to him. Give it to him hard. Well, let's see if I do. Uh, <laughs> 19 to hit. 19 will hit. Nice. Uh, and I got max damage for six points of damage. Six points. You rock him back, but he's still going strong. For some reason, he looks to be a little different than the other three that it, you guys are encountering right now. He seems as though... He might be a little more stout, a little more rugged. Oh, this so, actually lets me pull creatures closer to me. Since he's melee, I'm going to pull him slightly closer and then spit in his face. Okay, <laughs> let me make a deck save against that. <laughs> uh, 14. So he takes it right in the face. Circuit. <sighs> you just just totally wiped out your foe. You see that two of your other comrades are engaged. Actually, three of your other comrades are engaged. What would you like to do? Um, Kick back, have a have an ale, knowing you did a good job. What do you want to do? Is, is, there, any, is there any other bandits within striking distance? Or do I need to no, the, uh, the other one that's closest to Silas is at the front of the wagon. He's probably about 20 feet away. The other two um, are about 12 feet on, on oblique angles from you. One of them is engaged with Flint, and the other one is engaged with Griswold. Okay. Then I'll go after the uh, the other bandit that's by himself right now. And then just uh, run up to him and try to do the same attacks with the short swords. Um, is that the one that's that's with uh, Silas and yes. Stubby? Okay. Sure, yeah. So 22 to hit. That's going to hit. For three points of damage. Ooh, you see him crumple right there. Silas looks at you and says, I could have had this. I would have been I would have been able to take care of this. But good job just as well. well that's what you're paying us for. That's correct. And don't forget the contraband the, 
the, the wagons come first. Stubby, you're left without a foe in front of you. Sirkin has just killed him for you. Stolen your kill. You're going to have to take that mic off mute, handsome. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's another bandit? There are right? two more bandits. The one that you were fighting, Sirkin just wiped out. Okay, are they aware of my... Are the other bandits aware of my presence? They're all aware of everybody. Everybody? In, in the confines of, of what's going on. Imagine okay. you're all within a, a large circle of about 35 feet. Okay. Um, how close is the uh, closest bandit? He's probably about 12 feet away. The other one's probably about 14 feet. And they're both on different angles from you. Okay. Um... I got rocked pretty good on that last one. So I'm going to, um, are any of my party members close to any of these, uh, bandits as well? Yeah. Griswold's literally hugging the guy he just spit in the face of. And Flint is giving this other man last rights right now. So Griswold gave one of the bandits a money shot. I'm going to go over to, uh, Griswold and, um, give him a money shot. <laughs> It only yeah. seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> Do unto. And so I'm going to attack. I'm going to attack the the uh, bandit that Griswold was uh, attacking. Okay. Okay. And come on. Fourteen. Fourteen misses. <sighs> this is that one that seems a little bit more beefed up. Now, is he still encapsulated with your thorn whip, though, Griswold? It, it doesn't, like, restrain or anything like that. It just lets me move people closer if they're large or smaller. Okay, I wasn't sure if that created some kind of an advantage or disadvantage on with him or not. Nope, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, he looks at you, Griswold, and he's not very pleased with the fact that you spit in his face. So he's going to bring out his sword still and try to club him again with it. I believe eight is going to miss. And as a minor action, he's going to spit in your face. I need you to make a dex save. <laughs> uh, dex save. What is my dex? Okay, wait, I have to subtract one. Um, 17. 17. You see this loogie fly past you. Stabby, go ahead and make a dex save as this loogie <laughs> passes by Griswold. Possibly it's you in the face. Oh, no. No. Ah, fuck. Eight. Eight. You take this big green (laughs) money shot. (laughs) (laughs) The other one that's facing you, Flint, doesn't know what to do. So he's going to try to make a morale check and fails it. He starts to turn to run away at this point. Would you like to take your attack of opportunity? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Attacking again with my mace. Oh, that's a fucking hard 20. Oh, the hard 20. Max damage is... Let's see. It is 11. 11. So did damn well... You basically just crunch in his vertebrae from behind as he turns his back to you, just <coughs> tacoing him around your weapon and letting him fall right at your feet. You have one adversary left. From the background, you could hear Silas screaming, Don't let them live. Kill that man. Set an example. Sirkin, what are you going to do? Um, is he within like a... 30 feet of where I am right now? He's within 30 feet. He's probably about, uh, I think, 16 feet, somewhere in that area. Okay. Then I'll go up to him as well and try to attack him with my short sword. I'm going to re-roll that Because you didn't like the outcome or what? <laughs> no, it was like... I was <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you. Um, for 18? 18's going to hit. For six points of damage. Tell me how you kill this man. I just run up right behind him, stab him right in, like in the base of his back, straight through the spine. 
and you see his eyes grow wide in fear as he realizes that his life is now leaving his body. He looks at, at each of you in turn, possibly rethinking his life's choices, and then slowly just blanks out and falls to your feet. As you guys stand there amongst the carnage, from behind you, you can hear Silas kind of breathing heavy. He looks at each of you in turn and nods, and then begins to re-secure the stuff on the wagons that might have jounced loose in the middle of this melee. And he looks and he says, well, this'll most likely be their final attempt at getting at the goods. We should reach Belheim in about an hour. I think we'll be good from here on out. Get on board the wagons. Let's let's get rested and, and get into town. How's the cargo looking? It looks fine. It doesn't look like there's any damage to it. Thank good. Thank God. Gods be on our side. He resecures, makes sure that all the all the canvases are tight and sealed so that Nothing can be seen within the wagons that remain. As you guys make your final push into Belhaim, you guys cross a bridge that spans a fast-moving body of water. And then Silas brings the wagons up to a large wooden building that just smells of horse piss and shit. You see that the hay has been strewn out into the street and mixing with the piss and basically just giving traction to to the road that's out in front. You see under the... uh, the wooden fascia, a sign that says Dodgin Livery Stable. After a few moments, you see a, an older man come out, kind of limping, and you see Silas jump down, and they shake each other's arms, and he looks at the four of you, and he says, All right, lads, I'll take it from here. Why don't you go on over to the uh, to the wise piper over there, and I'll be over there shortly to give you your payment. Across the way to the uh, southwest corner, just across the street, you see another shitty-looking wooden building, but you see smoke coming out of the chimney, and you see people going in and out of it, so it definitely looks more hospitable than than the livery that you're at right now. What would you gentlemen like to do? Um, the <clears throat> When we pulled into town across the bridge... You said the the, um, the the tavern is on the left? The tavern's on the left. When you guys first pulled across the bridge, the livery stable is actually right on the corner. It's number 17 on your map. So it'd be in the uh, the southern... I'm sorry, it's number four on the map. No? Wait. What is it? Number 17 or four? Four. Four. Because bridge. We came across the bridge. Yeah, okay, sorry. It, it's actually number 17. So you guys went across the bridge, made a right, went past what he described as being the uh, Wise Piper Inn. Okay. So you guys are in front of number 17. I don't know if you guys got that map from last time. This Mm -hmm. is... uh, It's it's right there. There, that's 17. This is the the inn. Okay, so 17 is the, the livery, and you said... Three was the end, or four? Four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I look at the. Go ahead. I was gonna say as he pops down, he greets the man. He's a Lazara. How have you been? Here's the manifest for what we've got. And they start going over the sheets of paper and start looking at wagon number one, basically, and letting you guys do whatever you want to do at this point. So I, I look back at the group and, and say, hey, are you you guys kind of interested of what we just almost gave up all of our lives for with these wagons? Are you at all interested in what is in these wagons? Because I am. Yeah, kind of interested. Okay. Do you, just, are you, you guys on board with, with me maybe sneaking over there and kind of... Figuring out maybe what's in there. Maybe we can cut where a sweeter are, deal. Where are all you guys at in relation to the to the three wagons that are like it? If Silas and Lazar are at the front of the first wagon, where are you guys at? Hmm. I'm probably 
the furthest away from the wagons, probably closest to heading up to the uh, tavern or okay. wherever he suggested we go. Probably so close, we... closer to Gars. Sorry, forgot your character name. Uh... I'm DM. No, I know <laughs> yours. <laughs> Sarswin. Everyone's got their name up. I know, I I forgot. You need some glasses, that's why. I know, don't remind me. That would be Sirkin. Okay. Oh, you're talking to me? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm probably closer to to where you're at. Where are you at, Sirkin? Um, I'm probably towards the front of wagon number three. Okay. The three of you that are at that particular wagon... Go ahead and make a perception check. Did you say you have left the wagons, Griswold? I'm, like, getting ready to leave the wagon. Okay, go ahead and make a perception check as well. Okay. Griswold, what do you got? Uh, for perception, I have 10. 10? Yeah. Flint? 6. Circuit? 7. Seven? Yeah. Stubby. I am an eight. An eight? Yes, eight. You're a Gris- ten in my book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Griswold, you hear something coming, almost like a scratching from, from the third wagon, but you can't really tell. It's somewhere deep within the wagon. It's covered with canvas. You can't tell if it's a suspension making noise, settling in, or or if it's even something passing by on the road. You, you heard it briefly. It, it's just a minor, subtle commotion. But beyond that, you, you're just uncertain what it might have been at the time. Okay. Am I the only one that heard that? You are. Anyone else hear that? Hear what? Hear what, yeah. Yeah, huh? I'm not sure what it was. But it seemed like something was going by. What do you think it was? Couldn't tell you. We can look at it. What it is. Yeah, let's let's find out. Let's let's uh let's see if it is anything. Can um can I try to rack it? down by kind of going the direction that I saw uh, I heard it go and then um, looking for signs of, of movement or like any trails or something left behind make a, an insight check sure no I got a I got a, a two a two you don't know where it came from but it it most likely wasn't from something passing by on the road Hmm. Have to get some new dice there, Griswold. <clears throat> Does anyone else want to try and track it down? Let's figure out what it could have been. Circuit, why don't you make a another uh, perception check? Fifteen. Fifteen? You're not certain if this is the same noise that Grizzle may have heard, but you hear like a, a slight faint scra- scraping possibly, maybe a, a, a tapping or a padding coming from the third wagon, somewhere under the canvas itself. Did you guys hear that? So again. Oh. Didn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. You guys sure you're not just tired from the travel? Uh, I think I'm, I think I'm pretty sure something's going on this wagon. It sounds like a dog under the tarp. Yeah. It might be. I think it's Lassie. <laughs> you know, every town's got a dog. What was that old river in uh, <laughs> the Carrion Crown? Quick to the well. <laughs> Let's get Jimmy. <laughs> All right. Um. Were we rolling an investigation? 
Uh, you can roll whatever you want. Just tell me how you want to employ it. Uh, I want to go closer towards the wagon that we hear Lassie from. <laughs> okay. Also make a uh, make a perception check, a, a separate. Okay. Per- check. Yeah. Check on that as well. Perception is 12. 12. You hear Silas and Lazara have left the first wagon. They're now moving on towards the second wagon. You All see right. them slowly peel the, the canvas back from the front side, not the back side, and they start going over the manifest of what's in that wagon. So kind of get an idea that they've concluded the first wagon. They're now moving on to the second wagon. Eventually, they're going to move on to the third wagon. Okay. Um, any weak spots on the coverings on the wagons that maybe I could uh, blame on just wear and tear from the travel? Maybe see if I could like pop it open. Well, you can see that some, even though the, the canvas is, is looped down, you know, like through the eyelets of the canvas to, to cinch it tight, there are portions of the canvas that have been have been slashed probably from the previous bandit and orc attacks, um, maybe even from being defended or just being an old piece of, of tarp. So you see that there are some spotty uh, sutured holes along the line, things that have been supposedly patched up that are done a terrible job of doing so. So you still can slightly view in there, okay. but you had to get pretty close to it. Uh... Is it something I can get close to without being discovered? Uh, I mean, you, I'm short and stout, but I'm sure someone might notice me. You wouldn't prob- probably be seen if you did it from the back of the wagon. If you were to go off one of the sides of the wagons, it's anybody's guess if they were to poke their head around either side and take a peek. All right, I'll take a peek in the back of the wagon. <laughs> Put your head in. <laughs> Okay. Uh, investigation? Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. All right, let's see. Roll anything good. 15. 15? As you're looking inside this wagon, you notice that it's probably the first time you guys have ever seen what's in the wagons. You guys have always had to sleep outside on the ground. There's always been tarps over these, these wagons. And you notice that there are several chests that are just compacted in there like dominoes in a box. And you hear something coming from one of the middle boxes. It's it's a row of, of two, two, and two. So there's six boxes total. And from one of the center boxes, it sounds like you hear a, like a slight scraping type of a noise. I don't know if I want to open that, that Pandora's box. <laughs> I think you should definitely open that box. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'll go, if I can get into the cat, uh, the wagon a little stealthily, I guess I'll try to get a better view of this chest that is making the scratching noise. Are there locks on the, uh, on the, you would have to get closer to the, to the chest to to see what, how they're uh, secured. All right, I'm not very stealthy. Let's see. Ooh, that was pretty decent. 18. 18, okay. You managed to get in there, um, and you notice that there is some kind of a locking mechanism on it. Stabby, what are you What are you doing at this moment as you see Flint actually crawl into this wagon? Um, I'm going to follow him in and see if I can provide any assistance. Okay. Who's... Uh, Sirkin, you and Griswold are, are still outside, obviously. Why don't you guys make a perception check? I got an 18. 18? Sirkin? Yep, a 7? Yeah. Okay. You're watching your two comrades go into the wagon. Grizzle, as you're standing outside looking around like, you know, what are we doing, guys? We shouldn't be doing this. You notice that there are three men walking towards you from across the street, not from the Wise Piper Inn, but but from somewhere else. You really didn't see where they were coming from. But you notice that they look very well armed, and their attire looks very clean. One of the man, one of the men, is leading the other two, 
almost like a triangle formation. He looks to be older. He's got a uh, like a handlebar type mustache. And as he starts getting closer, you see him pull the folds back on his tunic and you see that there's a, a big gold star on his chest and he's making a beeline right towards where you guys are at right okay. now. So um, when I see the sheriff's badge, I'm going to quickly say to the rest of the group, hurry it up over there. Uh, and then I'm going to go to, I'm going to try and like intercept those three. Okay. As you start moving towards them, Sirkin, are you staying with Griswold or are you staying at the wagon? Um, I'm going to stay at the wagon for now. Okay. You start moving towards them. They immediately put their hands on their swords and they say, Stop right there. By order of the law of the town of Belhaim. I'm Sheriff Belhovi. Is there a curfew I don't know about? No, but are you familiar with the persecution for transporting contraband? Mm, I'm not aware, but that should only be a problem if you transport contraband. Are you familiar with those three wagons and the owner of those three wagons? Mm, Not in the slightest. Who happens to own those wagons? He looks at one of his deputies and he motions towards him. The deputy tells you to come over here and to get to the other side of the road. Sir, can you see Griswold talking with the sheriff and you see him break away from those three and stand off to the side? And once again, they start moving towards you. Flint, as you start looking at this box, tell me what you want to do to open this chest. Imagine this chest is probably like two by three by two. Um, <clears throat> well, my expertise aren't really in, in locked box. Uh, I know Stabby was climbing in so I'll let him know so be wherever the noise is coming from it seems to be in this container but it's locked I'm not very good with locked doors no more locked doors (laughs) (laughs) says the man in the closet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll take I could take a stab at it oh what a shitty pun (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I could try to open that lock if you let me in, if you let me closer. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll back out of the out the back end of the wagon and so you actually plop out like a like a turd flopping <laughs> out of this thing. <laughs> I hope I land on my feet though. Okay, so you pop out of the wagon back, you know, backwards and right next to Sirkin as he's saying, I know nothing about these wagons to three strange men. As you're doing that you hear from the front of the second wagon. What are you doing in my wagon? Lazara, get over here. Get some. And all of a sudden you see, well, you, you don't see, but you hear Lazara just take off. And the only way you can tell that is because Silas says, what are you going? Get back here. And he turns and he sees those three men from the sheriff's department making their way towards the wagons. Stabby, what are you going to do from inside the wagon as you hear some of this commotion going on? Um, I'm inside the wagon, so I'm kind of committed. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm going to try to open that lock. Okay. Uh, what do I need to roll? A, a dex for a lock pick? Yeah, make a dex check on it. Eight. Eight? As you fumble with this lock, you didn't realize that at the time that it had a bell on it. And as you fumble the lock, the bell starts ringing. Ding, ling, 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 ling. And it only rings for a few seconds, but it's enough to get everybody's attention that's outside. Those of you that are outside, you see that the two deputies pull out hand crossbows and start aiming them at the caravan. You hear them shouting for everybody to hit the deck and get on the ground. Telling Silas, get on the ground. 
telling Sirkin, you get on the ground. Flint, down on the ground. Griswold, you're watching all this shit unfold from the peripheral corner of, of all the adventure right now. What do you want to do? Uh, um... Now, the wise Piper Inn is right behind you, so... <laughs> I am going to keep my distance, but I'm going to move up, but I'm 30 feet away. Uh, see if I, I need to do anything. I'm not going to do anything until I need to. Okay. No reason to draw attention to myself. Circa, I'm imagining, do you jump on the ground? Do you... Yeah, I comply with it. Okay. Flint, do you comply? He smashes the 40 in his hand and yells out, Scatter! <laughs> the jig is up! <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll comply. Okay, so you guys are on the ground, and you you hear the man who announces himself as being Sheriff Behavoy come up and says, Well, what would you two be doing back here at the back of this wagon? Seem to lose my uh, spectacles. In the in the back of the wagon, could I assume that you're part of this? By the way, I just want to let you know that Silas also dropped to the ground as well. Oh, he did. He didn't. Yes, bail? he did. No, they no, they saw him and you know they drew down on him to make sure he wouldn't take off. So he's down on the ground as well. The sheriff looks at one of his deputies and tells him to go over and hitch that dude up. So he goes over and puts his knee in the back of his neck and to the point where he, anyways, he puts his knee in the back of his neck and he cinches up his hands and stands him up and the sheriff looks at you two and says so what are you doing with Silas Gribb Silas Gribb I I thought I ordered my spectacles through Pony Express you know they're having a great deal don't get cheeky with me dwarf now Stabby you just heard this bell go off several times and you're stuck in the wagon at this point I'm, make make I'm, a perception check while you're in there. <laughs> oh, <fuck me>. One. <laughs> All you're concerned about was that ring of the bell in your ear. I'm gonna stay where I'm at. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hide if if I can like blend in with with what's in the wagon at this point. Well, the way the boxes are are corralled in there, there's no place to hide really between them. You're talking mere inches between each box, just enough for them to kind of maybe be opened up or whatever. But that's that's all there is. There's no um, place for you to really hide in there. Uh, can I make my way out um, the front, like the front corner of the wagon under the tarp without being seen? Like yeah, make, a, to- make a stealth check. Yeah. And you're a rogue, right? Yes. All right. Uh, 12. You fall out the front? On the other side, closest to the livery. To the livery, yeah. As you fall out, it doesn't appear that anybody has heard you, at least the the deputy that's right next to Silas. So he, the deputy picks him up and brings him back towards the sheriff. And they, they look at him and the sheriff says, well, Silas, it's been a while, but I knew eventually I would get you. Cut open the canvas, boys. Let's have a look at what he, our good man's bringing into town this time. So of course they break out their blades and they open up the ropes that hold the canvas and flip it back and they see the six boxes one of them grabs the box that's closest and just rips it open and you hear the bell ring and inside you see a poor young woman in there shaking it looks like she's pottied all over herself she looks like she's been in this this wagon for days which you guys have been on the road for eight days and he looks at the sheriff turns back and looks at Sirkin and Flint and says, Now, how do I know that you two are part of this? Ask her. <clears throat> Miss. 
Miss, do you have all your faculties about you? And she's, help me, please, please. Who has done this to you, young lady? And she looks at, at the crowd just with these wide eyes. And when her eyes rest on Silas, you just see this fear come over her face. And she buries her head in his shoulder. And she and he looks at all of you and says, that's what I thought. As for you two, Dwarf A and Dwarf B. Are you a dwarf, Sirkin? <laughs> what are no, you? No. Oh, you're a half-elf. Half-elf. <laughs> well, as for you, Dwarf, and you, Halfy, don't leave town without seeing me first. All right, men. Let's get this piece of crap out of here. And he looks at one of his other deputies, Polly. I want you to go through and open up the rest of these crates and get some assistance down here. We're going to need some the doc down here with all of his assistance as well. And you see him run off to, to the AIDS station. and Basically, everything starts moving really fast around the wagons. I mean, without a doubt, Silas is going nowhere at this point. You see a few more deputies come and they everybody's trying to do what they can around the, these three wagons, leaving basically the four of you to do whatever you want at this point. Right, time to check out the Piper Inn. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll just be over here. You got a front row center seat of it. Yeah, I just I know I'm I, I'm not close to the rest of the group, but I just realized that we haven't been paid. You're right, you haven't. We haven't been paid, and and our uh, our uh, boss, so to speak, air quotes, has not paid us. Is Am I close enough to that front wagon to to see if maybe he's left a coin purse or something up in the, the front without being detected? Well, with the size of this town and with the deputies that are at this this caravan, at, at these wagons right now, it's almost like being in Irvine where it's really low crime that when something happens, all the cruisers hit it. You know, so everybody that's on duty is are at these wagons including the doctors and and their assistants and stuff like that so there's really no getting close to any one of these wagons at this point okay you know and this goes down like within moments okay. it all lies on us yeah i mean they're they're nobody's really watching you for per se but they're definitely watching the wagons you got guys you know some of the deputies are going over it Everybody's checking out the people. You see the lids of these boxes pop open and there's there's 18 boxes. You know, and you know that at one point you lost a wagon. So there were six individuals that who knows what happened to them. Probably a horrible life at this point. But as far as the 18, you know, six per each wagon, they're they're being checked over by the deputies, they're being checked over by the doctors and everybody. They, you know, there's men, there's women, there's children, there's, and everybody's in rough shape. And they're not all humans. You know, you see, there's some elves, there's some halflings in there, there's a tiefling, just, just all different uh, makes and models, basically. <laughs> One way to put it. Um, I, I want to where where I'm at. I want to see about. Um, getting back with the group but in a way that doesn't look like I just came from the wagons oh, yeah at, at this point um, all the eyes are off the livery stable they haven't even actually pursued Lazara at all you know and every time they try to squeeze Silas for who his in town connection is he's remained silent which way did Lazaro run off he went back into the livery stable well I'm I'm right there. I'd I'd like to go talk to that guy and see if uh, see if we can uh, recoup some of our <laughs> our pay. Okay. So you head into the livery stable, Sirkin. What do you and Griswold and Flint want to do? I want to follow him into the stable. Okay. I'll so stay you guys as a lookout. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna stay outside as a lookout. What about you, Sirkin? Um. I'll stay with Flint as lookout for right now. Okay. <clears throat> you see that uh, 
You hear somebody growling. It sounds like Silas, and you could tell that the deputies have been basically roughing him up to try to find out who his connection is. He's already suffered two broken fingers at this point, and yet he remains silent. Griswold, as you and Stabby go into the livery stable, you see a ranch hand type of a guy, just big, shoveling hay, trying to keep it in the in the stalls of this uh, building. Doesn't look like Lazara, though. Not the same guy that came out. Um, I, I'd like to ask the, the big bear man. Um, hey, did you see somebody running through here that that uh, a minute ago? He kind of turns toward you. He looks like um, like Master Blaster from Thunderdome. You know, just, uh, you just Mongol looking. And you hear from in the back, what's going on there? Toddy, what's going on? And you see this old man come out and you recognize him as being Lazara Dodgian. Got this peaked nose, you know, gray stubble all around his chin, balding. What do you want here? What the, what the fuck do you want? Uh, we don't rent horses here. Well, we were supposed to get, we saw you talking to Silas outside and it looks like now he's talking to the law and we helped him get those uh, wagons here and we haven't been paid. Silas who? I don't know, no, Silas. Don't, don't try to be cute with me, old man. We saw you with him. Look, you don't know shit. Silas knows to keep his mouth shut. You think I'm the top of this pyramid, you fool? If you know anything good, you'd keep your mouth shut, too. Toddy, show him what I'm talking about. And this big dude turns around. He's got this pitchfork in his hand and kind of starts to lumber between you two and Lazara. Yes. Just get out of here before things get really ugly. And whatever deal you had with with Silas is between you and him. It's got nothing to do with me. We all take a hit. You think I didn't take a hit just now? That idiot shows up, tell me you lost one of the wagons. Right. Who do you think hired those idiot bandits, he said, your wagon fell victim to. Think about that. <coughs> yeah, you cough about that, too. So I I look at Griswold and I'm kind of like, what, what are you, what are we going to do? What? <coughs> kind of like motions for you to, to get the fuck out of the livery stable. What is the stable made of? Wood. All right, I produce flame. <laughs> we can burn it down. Burn it down, Pookie. <laughs> flame. <laughs> Messing with him, right? He drops the pitchfork and actually starts running from it. Uh, you, you, uh, you think you're you hot right? shit, huh? <laughs> produce flame. Produce flame. Uh. Anyway, you, you were shoveling hay, or was he shoveling shit? It'd probably a mixture of both. Just shoveling from one stall into the other and then back again, you know. He's definitely a, uh, a product of two very close relatives. Not a lot of branches on that tree, huh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the initial tracker. <laughs> <laughs> So Flint, you and Cir- Circan, you guys are witnessing basically all the liberation of these individuals. You see the doctors and the nurses and whatnot taking them out of the wagons and actually taking them towards their respective business, wherever it's at, somewhere 
close by in the town. You see the sheriff and his two deputies having hitched up Silas, actually put him in one of the wagons, and then they each take a wagon, turn them around, and and start leaving the town of Belhaim, going back across that bridge you guys originally crossed. And before long, whatever was going on in front of the livery stable is gone. People start going back about their business, start milling back into the uh, Wise Piper Inn or, or wherever else they were at, the glass works, every place like that. Before long, it's just you two standing on the street waiting for Stabby and Griswold to come back out of the stable. So everyone's attention has gone just pretty much to the wagons and what's the people out of the wagons, and they're not really paying attention to what's going on this end of the barn, right? Not anymore, no. No? Okay. I mean, the big hoopla's gone. They really didn't notice you for, so you don't know, they don't know where you came from, or according to you, everybody said that they were not part of whatever Silas had going on. All right, so they got, we got lost in the chaos. Yeah, and for some reason, Silas managed to keep his mouth shut about anybody. Didn't say anything about you four. Didn't say anything about Lazara or anything else. So, so we know he's not a snitch. Saying his first rodeo, apparently. Missing fucking fingers. I told you we're good. <laughs> um. I mean, if we're not going to get any further, and we're waiting for uh. For him to get released. I mean, I'm down to go at least wait for him at the at the Piper. Okay. Yeah. Let's just go get grab a table or something like that, get some ales. Okay, so you guys, you two take off and head into the Wise Piper Inn. As you enter this place, you immediately smell the aroma of cooking meats and, and hash browns. The, the smell of meat is heavy in the air. There's quite a few tables the room is concentric around a, a hearth in the center, which is blazing, keeping the keeping it warm and cozy. There is a table close to the hearth if you would like to sit there or sit further away from it, wherever you guys feel comfortable. You see a woman, she's going around waiting on a few tables, dropping off a platter here, platter there, tall, beautiful woman with an apron. She looks at the two of you and says, just have a seat anywhere. It's... Yeah, I'll be with you in just a moment. All right. Uh, any open tables? Just Close the ones that I the mentioned. Yeah, let's just go to the one by the hearth. <laughs> just the ones I mentioned. Yeah. Okay, so you take a seat next to the hearth, and you basically just wait there for a few minutes, waiting for Griswold, waiting for Stabby to return. Eventually, she comes by, and she says, Will it only be you and your husband today? Oh, no, my other husbands will be showing I mean, my other companions are going to be showing up later. Well, very well. I, I don't judge. Uh, you can have as many husbands as you like. Can I, just kidding, young men. Uh, what young about the husbands? <laughs> no, about being young. What can I get for you to uh, get started today? We have the Blossom Onion. We have the... Uh, ready or not, here I come, Mead. I guess we'll try one of the... Blossom onions and uh, <laughs> <laughs> four of the ready or not. <laughs> okay. So she takes off in the back room, presumably to make your meal. Griswold, you've produced flame in front of Lazara, and he just kind of looks at you. Doesn't seem shaken at all by it. Hmm. He looks at you and just basically says, You can burn the place down. I don't care. You really think that this is anything more to me than just a stupid front? But you should know that if you fuck with me, you're going to bring the wrath down, baby. <laughs> All right. Mm. Look, at I some mean, point, we can make this I a profitable. What? Sorry, what did you say? At some point, we can make this a profitable relationship. It may not be today. Just keep your mouth shut. Go about your business. If you need some coin to float you. Let me know how much you need. Stubby, how much were we going to be paid? 500 gold. We could use uh, <laughs> 50 gold pieces. 
I'll give you a hundred. Sounds good. It's not going to get you far out of town, but at least it's set you up in town. It's a place where we could keep an eye on each other, right? Perfect. All right. I'll be right back. If you see Toddy, tell him to come back here, too. He has a tendency to shit himself, and I don't like claiming that. A few moments later, he comes back. He's got a little satchel. Here you go. Drops off the, the little pouch. Definitely feel like it's got quite a few coins in it. And don't be stupid and flashy. You know, it may seem like a simple, small town, but we've got crime in here just like any other place. Understood. We're going to piss this away on a few drinks. Well, don't forget to send my invite. <laughs> and he turns around, walks back into, you assume where he does his uh, paperwork or whatever he does. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to turn to leave and discard my produce flame in a pile of hay. <laughs> the biggest one you could find. <laughs> See, well, Toddy come and, and kind of wrestle a horse down and lay him on it to try to pat out the fire. That's as you leave the livery stable. That's what you hear going on behind you. You hear the bustling of the of the the road in front of the the complexes and. You know, the, the buildings and stuff, you hear wagons going and people talking and walking. It's probably about 12.30 right now. They still young. Uh, yeah, I guess we should meet them up at the, the inn. Okay. You cross the street, heading towards building number four. You open the door and just like your two fellows. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> He'll come back. There he is. Hey. Um, you come through the door, and just like your two friends, you smell the aromas of things cooking. And as you see Sirkin and Flint sitting at the table, you start making a beeline towards them. Right as you see a woman coming from the back room with a tray, she sets it down at the same time you guys get there beautiful service she lays out the the mugs of mead she lays out platters of of meat and this giant awesome blooming blossom in front of you and she says well if there's anything else i can get for you just uh let me know my name is talia i'm the proprietor of this establishment as she turns and walks away you hear this rumbling booming sound just echo through the whole establishment you see pictures on the wall shake fall off some of the plates fall off the tables everybody make a perception check circuit 13 flint 11 stabby and Griswold. 25. 25. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Flint, Sirkin, and Stabby, you guys are just, you're shocked by this. You have no idea what this could be. But Griswold, to you, it almost sounds like a uh, like a massive landslide or a cave-in that's occurring. But from a distance, it's like it's not right here, but it must have been large enough for it to, to make its way to wherever you are. A few minutes later, or a few moments later, I should say, the front door kicks open, and you see this raggedy old man come in screaming, The witch tower's fallen! The witch tower's fallen! And all of a sudden, a bunch of the patrons get up from their tables. As he runs back out, they all start following him outside, out into the street. And you could see through the windows, them all looking off in the distance, basically leaving you alone with Talia in the restaurant itself. Uh, I'll put down one of the gold coins and then leave uh, to go outside and see what's going on out there. Okay. As you exit the door, you see that there's a large group of people, not just in front of the Wise Piper Inn, but in front of every other place. You also see Lazara standing outside with Toddy, and they're all looking 
to the northeast and you see a large plume of dust rising up very high up in the air. And somebody says, I believe that was the witch tower. And then you start hearing a murmuring going through the crowd. People start whispering and talking. Everybody make a perception check that's outside. The fast news traveling uh, town here. I got a hard 20 again. Oh, hard 20. Circuit? Eight. Eight. Flint? Five. Stabby? Thirteen. Thirteen. You guys are still coming out of the restaurant as Griswold hears people start milling about and saying something about cabals. I heard they found cabals up there at the witch tower. They, they said there's a dozen of them. Some of them are dead. Well, somebody should go check that out. Yeah, they should go check that out. Next session. What do you think? <laughs> uh, gives me time to finish my ale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and let copper off the Oh, Drink it up. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that five-star review. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. And be sure to check out the galleries. we got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.